Live Mike. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, it is time for another edition of the Live Mike Podcast. Once again, my name is Michael Beck, your deputy editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, and we are bringing it to you again this week, of course, breaking down the Pittsburgh Steelers now finally at training camp, just a few days away from the NFL's first preseason game, of course, featuring your Pittsburgh Steelers against the Dallas Cowboys in the annual Hall of Fame game. The Steelers, ladies and gentlemen, back to football and reports galore coming out of training camp, which really highlights the uh, topic of today's show, basically speaking about uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers rookies and how they're basically stealing the show at this year's training camp. It is uh, one of those really exciting things, uh, really, to watch, to see, to listen, to, to read about. Like These guys have stepped up in a big way for this team, and like I mentioned uh, a few months ago, back when this team was uh, unfortunately having to cut players due to a dropped salary cap, the Steelers need their rookies to have a big year. They will go as far as this rookie class takes them, and right now, it sounds like that rookie class is shaping up. Just the early parts of this offseason, they are shaping up quite nicely. So what that means for this team, and really we can take this position by position because we continuously hear uh, good things really about this entire class. You'll remember the 2020 draft class, every single member, every single one of those picks the Steelers made, made the team and had some sort of impact by the end of the year, whether it was special teams, whether it was a starting role. The Steelers got a lot out of their six picks of the 2020 class. Now here in 2021, nine new members of the team and they are on track to uh, have all those guys make the roster yet again. It really is exciting. One of the big things that happened this past week, uh, the Steelers kind of dropped their initial depth chart, which, of course, doesn't mean too much uh, once you have to get through four preseason games and about six weeks of training camp before you hit week one. Things are fluid. Those jobs will swap around, but uh, there were some rookies very high on that depth chart very early, including the first guy I want to talk about, of course, first-round pick Najee Harris. It was uh, not really uh, up for too much debate amongst people, uh, at least the media types, when uh, watching the Steelers at minicamp and uh, OTAs. Najee Harris was the guy starting every single drill. He was the guy getting the bulk of the carries, the bulk of the reps. And once again, it was kind of confirmed that he is the starting running back for the Pittsburgh Steelers on day one of training camp, which is 100% unheard of for this team. The Steelers made uh, no doubt about it when they took him in the first round that he is going to be the guy. Uh, And if you ask me, they're making the right choice. Running backs really are pretty much as good as they're going to be from the second they step on to an NFL field. 
There's a little room for development, but uh, given how short we all know that position's careers tend to be, getting those guys uh, in a primetime position as early as possible is huge. And of course, Najee Harris has grabbed the reins and has taken that lead back spot. Aside from that, though, the the reports of uh, Najee Harris being a crazy student of the game continues. Uh, Coming out of Steelers camp, there's been a a number of people saying that the uh, rookie running back has been spending copious amounts of time hitting film, uh, studying, spending time with coaches. He is doing the little things to be mentally prepared, knowing this offense thoroughly, and really putting himself in a position to be the guy for the Pittsburgh Steelers. This is huge for the team. Najee Harris is going to be as ready as really any rookie running back you may have ever seen uh, step into a role right away. So this is pretty exciting stuff from him. Of course, uh, those kind of highlighted uh, traits from Najee Harris have been talked about all offseason long. He was kind of the the big name at OTAs and minicamp, like I mentioned before. So really, the reports aren't uh, coming out as fast and furious as they once did because... uh, I guess at this point, it's already just kind of becoming uh, common knowledge that Najee Harris is the guy that puts the work in off the field, and he certainly puts the work in on it as well. Uh, one of the other things that have kind of stood out about camp, just kind of flipping through the Steelers' pitchers uh, that they've been dropping each and every uh, day of training camp, Najee Harris has been doing some crazy athletic things in the field, like in stretch lines, uh, pulling off a handstand, uh, which kind of uh, popped the crowd that was in, uh, in attendance uh, for the Steelers' first couple days there in Heinz Field, because of course they're not at Latrobe this season. But uh, it's one of those things that uh, just kind of catches your eye. This guy is a freak athlete. He's fast, he's big, he's smart, and he works his tail off. Najee Harris is an exciting pick, and the Steelers are going to get a lot out of him very, very early on in the process. The next rookie the Steelers took, and the next guy I want to feature, may be getting the most love out of any Pittsburgh Steeler at training camp thus far. That is big tight end Pat Fryermuth. The uh, Penn State alum has been making a lot of quote-unquote spectacular catches at training camp, coming down with with one-hand snags, toe-tapping his way into the end zone, catching everything in the individual and one-on-one drills. These reports are extremely exciting. I believe it was Albert Breer, uh, of course, of NFL Network, who said he's been, uh, Fryermuth, that is, has been putting himself in a position to steal a spot right away and be a big-time contributor for this team. Once again, this is huge. We know the Steelers already have Eric Ebron on the roster and a plethora of receivers that have a ton of ability, but adding just another name to that mix, man, it makes the Steelers potent. It makes that offense efficient and they have a ton of places they can go with with the football not to mention Najee Harris already who's going to take a huge amount of the carries. Pat Fryermuth is putting himself in a spot to be a big time contributor for the Pittsburgh Steelers here in year one. Of course, the pads haven't come on yet. Blocking will be huge because we know, of course, Mike Tomlin wants his tight ends to be able to block. They forced uh, Eric Ebron into that position, which, of course, he struggled at uh, being a, what, seventh-year NFL pro, uh, being a tight end that's more of a receiver, and then signing with the Steelers, being asked to uh, put his hand in the dirt and block defensive ends and whatnot. It, uh, it really comes down to that. If Fryermuth can be uh, successful as a blocker as well, he will carve out himself a pretty nice uh, job for himself as a rookie, which 
the Steelers getting all this help from second round draft picks year after year is quite noticeable and will help this team even further. Of course, Chase Claypool made himself a nice little impact a year ago as a second round draft pick. Pat Farmuth is shaping up once again to do the same for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, the third round pick, of course, Kendrick Green, will be the last name that we bring up here in the first half of the show before we uh, round out the rest of the draft class in the second. But according to the Steelers' depth chart, he is the second center listed behind J.C. Hassenauer and, of course, being backed up, uh, Kendrick Green, that is, by B.J. Finney, who is number three. So Kendrick Green right now is listed as number two, but he's been taking the bulk of the first-team snaps. Of course, uh, J.C. Hassenauer did leave practice the other day day uh, with a knee injury, which was seen uh, all braced up and bandaged up, uh, but was still able to walk around and was kind of listed as day-to-day by Mike Tomlin. Kendrick Green, he has been told that he will be the starter for the Hall of Fame game which, of course, will be something to watch. But the Steelers potentially having three guys being the starters in week one for this team? My goodness, one guy is unheard of, let alone three. Like I said before, the rookie class is going to be a big deal for this team, and it is shaping up that uh, they are being they're playing well in practice and are going to be given these opportunities very early. So if this... Uh, these very kind of optimistic things being said about them translate over to the football field and on game days. Boy, oh boy, the Steelers knocked this one out of the park. Kendrick Green uh, taking these big time snaps, working with Ben Roethlisberger, has put himself in a position, of course, to be the starter. When he was drafted, that was kind of the talk right away. It's hopefully this guy could be ready closer to week one than uh, after the bye week. And right now, he's put himself in a very good position to be that guy. If he can perform well in these preseason games, he will be the starter week one. Uh, sure that may be an opinion, but uh, the Steelers wouldn't be giving him all this, all these snaps uh, if they didn't think uh, he could be the guy. They are trying to make sure if he is ready, and the moment he is, he will be the starter. The Steelers are doing whatever it takes to have him be ready to be the guy in week one. It is up to him to take that job. And right now, he's on a very good track to do exactly that. The Steelers' first three draft picks are getting all this love and praise. There are, of course, uh, six other guys the Steelers took and have gotten a, a little bit of love themselves, to say the least. So uh, hang tight. You're listening to the Live Mike podcast. On the other side, we will break down those uh, six other players and uh, kind of where they stand up uh, in regards to the, this roster and what they can uh, presumably do here in 2021. So stay tuned for that. We will be back in just a minute. Steeler fans, we are back for the second half of our show today. 
course, the first half of the live, Mike, we uh, featured a number of Steelers rookies, the top three picks, that is, Najee Harris, Pat Fryermuth, and Kendrick Green. The second half of the show, we will look at the back six, really those money round type guys. If you hit on guys in rounds four and later, and they come through for you, you uh, probably set your team up really pretty for the next four years. So hopefully the Steelers can have one of those guys with one of these picks. Of course, the first of two fourth round picks, the Steelers went with Dan Moore Jr. He was really kind of one of the guys that uh, we didn't have quite the highest hopes on for this 2021-22 season. Of course, the uh, kind of word coming out of minicamp and OTAs was he had some kind of technique issues, but uh, definitely had kind of a a promising size and athletic ability about him, but uh, needed to work on his Uh, just kind of technical stuff of the game, which, of course, for any offensive lineman, especially at this point in the draft, is somewhat notable. But here in uh, training camp, it seems like Dan Moore Jr. took a a bit of a step in his development already. Uh, And one of the more notable notable things uh, about these uh, few camp practices, Dan Moore Jr. has shown a nasty streak and has gone into a a couple of fights uh, with some defenders. After a, uh, well, really back-to-back snaps, Dan Moore got into it with a couple guys. The second fight kind of shows that Dan Moore is not going to back down to anyone. He got into a bit of a scrap with Cam Hayward, uh, a Steelers defensive captain, uh, and and the rookie uh by all means, uh, k- kind of sounds like Cam Hayward got the best of him, but then uh, Dan Moore showed that he's not going to back down to any challenge and kind of got in the veteran's face, and it turned into a bit of a scrap once again. Of course, uh, really when you hear about fights uh, within teammates, it, the first thought is, oh, that, that's not a positive thing, but uh, with animosity high, big-time jobs on the line, you totally understand it, and if it's happening in training camp, I'm not going to sweat it uh, like I would uh, halfway through the regular seasons by all means. And uh, for this rookie uh, to show that kind of nasty side, I, I think that kind of says a lot and does a little bit in his favor. Uh, once again, I mentioned Albert Brewer's name early on in the show, but But here in this uh, part of the season, we weren't expecting, once again, much from Dan Moore Jr., but Albert Brewer listed him as a guy that could potentially push Chooks for for that starting left tackle job, which really kind of blew my mind a little bit because I was not expecting much out of Dan Moore Jr. this year at all. But uh, some reports, like the one I just listed, suggest he may be in for a bigger job than uh, some, some of us really kind of expected, which uh, could bode well for the Steelers if they could get uh, if they could find a, a quality level left tackle that's better than what they have in a core four already once again it's only going to help the Steelers offense am I holding my breath on it no but the opportunity that that could be a possibility is huge for this team the second fourth round pick another guy out of Texas A&M was Buddy Johnson of course Buddy Johnson kind of slotted in to be maybe the fourth or fifth linebacker on the Steelers depth chart depending on how you rank the guys but after Vince Williams retirement and Buddy Johnson's kind of skill set I think he enters the season as the Steelers third inside linebacker uh, really his uh, his hard hitting ability and uh, what he can do as a buck linebacker kind of translate better than what Robert Spillane probably will 
will do beside Devin Bush. Spillane is more of that uh, kind of Sam linebacker, more of that uh, coverage type guy. That uh, he can definitely step down in the running game and lay a big hit. We've seen it last year, but uh, for what the Steelers have normally done beside uh, Devin Bush and what Vince Williams brought, Buddy Johnson kind of fits that role a little bit better. So perhaps we might see him uh, play some significant snaps as the year goes on. Uh, once again, we know him to be a leader, uh, at least in that Aggies locker room. It might take some time for a, a fourth round pick to develop that sense in the NFL. But he has those intangibles. He's a hard hitter. Uh, he looks for contact. And he lives in team's backfield. And once again, he's a pretty good blitzer. So he could be a guy that steals some snaps. If he could be a starter by the end of the year, that would, once again, only bode well for this team. If he could be better than Robert Spillane, then the Steelers are really starting to cook uh, with some uh, peanut oil. Because, uh, really, another one of these rookies surpassing talented veterans just means this team is going to be better. Fifth round pick, Isaiah Loudermilk. Once again, when he was drafted, there were some question marks because he was not rated to be uh, that high of a prospect on most teams' draft boards, uh, as well as uh, draft boards of kind of the, your draft pundits that you see on Twitter and social media, what have you. But in mini camps and OTAs, he has gotten a bit of love from Cam Hayward and the rest of the veteran defensive linemen. Uh, kind of been known as a guy that uh, stepped in and has looked pretty good in some early, uh, some early practice time. Of course, the Steelers' defensive line is probably the deepest unit on this team, so I really would not hold my breath on Isaiah Loudermilk playing any big-time snaps unless uh, the Steelers got bit by an injury bug, which uh, would, uh, of course, be quite devastating this team, so knock on wood that that does, in fact, not happen. But Isaiah Loudermilk could uh, be a guy that uh, steps up in uh, in the future a couple years down the road. It sounds like he is a good developmental piece that has started off on the right foot, which, once again, positive things about this draft class is huge. The Steelers' six-round pick, Quincy Roche. Uh, once again, a lot of people, the opposite of Isaiah Loudermilk, saw Roche as someone who could go as high as the second round, but slipped all the way till the back half of the sixth round. The Steelers were able to scoop him up, add to their edge depth, and he will compete with Cassius Marsh to be the Pittsburgh Steelers' fourth outside linebacker. Um, they could potentially carry five outside guys uh, and include Marsh in that lineup, but... If Roche were to, to pass Marsh on the depth chart, they might even just roll in the season with four guys. Uh, once again, once they sign Melvin Ingram, the chance of any sort of playing time uh, for Marsh or Roche slipped significantly, uh, really because now those depth issues had been solved. But both of those guys I mentioned, specifically the rookie Roche, will be asked to do some things on special teams. There's no problems with that, uh, and Roche has the ability to kind of bulk up, uh, develop his run-stuffing ability, and kind of uh, just round out his game. We know he's a good pass rusher, but once again, he is one of those guys that uh, could struggle against the run in college. NFL tackles are only going to be better than that, so having Roche being able to sit behind... A, 
well, really, arguably the best ed- edge rusher in football in T.J. Watt, uh, a developing guy in Alex Highsmith, and one of the bed- best uh, edge rushers the NFL has seen the last 10 years in Melvin Ingram. He's only going to learn from some of the best in the game, and uh, he will get to learn and develop under those guys for at least a year before uh, moving up the depth chart and perhaps being the, the Steelers' third outside linebacker himself in 2022. After Quincy Roche, the Steelers went with Trey Norwood with their first seventh-round pick. Uh, he kind of looks like he's fighting to be uh, one of the Steelers' backup safeties. There was some rumors that he might be involved in that nickel cornerback competition. Sure, things change, but right now that nickel cornerback spot is kind of highlighted by Antoine Brooks Jr., who's been making a ton of plays throughout camp, and then Arthur Mollette behind him, uh, which should be a spirited contest to see who lands that job. Both those guys, by all means, have uh, been reported having a, a nice little offseason for themselves, getting more athletic, busting their butts, and uh, could uh, be some big-time players for the Steelers. But for Trey Norwood, he will be competing really to be the backup behind Minka Fitzpatrick, and uh, if he can uh, pan out like the way uh, Mike Tallman was obviously high on him at the draft, then uh, he could be a guy that uh, plays a decent amount of special teams and could offer uh, the Steelers safety a couple snaps off here and there because we know Minka Fitzpatrick is a guy that's been playing 100% of the snaps uh, and really just been kind of... uh, pretty much staying strictly at that free safety spot. Uh, The Steelers might be able to let Minka play a little bit more freely if they had a a talented free safety behind him that uh, could allow Minka to move around. So maybe Trey Norwood could be that guy that a lot of Steelers fans were hoping Malik Cooker would be brought in to play that role specifically. Um... Hooker, of course, is rumored to have uh, to be signing a deal with the Dallas Cowboys, which at the time of, the rec- of this recording is not official yet. The Steelers' other seventh-round pick, of course, was Big Presley Harvin III, the massive punter out of Georgia Tech. He's still listed as the Steelers' backup punter and backup holder. There really isn't any issues with this. Of course, uh, the Steelers are going to give pretty much every veteran the opportunity to keep their job. That's really how this team rolls, but you know this team has been frustrated with Jordan Berry in years past. They tried to replace him last year, uh, but their replacement, Dustin Colquitt, struggled himself, which led to uh, Jordan Berry coming back. Uh, But Jordan Berry struggles when the temperature turns. That's usually when he kind of uh, flops. The Steelers might, uh, if it's a neck-and-neck competition, roll with Harvin third, just because uh, they don't know. He's more of an unknown in those cold-weather situations um, where we know Jordan Berry has struggled in recent years. I wouldn't be surprised if Harvin third wins a spot. Really, if I was a betting man, I'd put my money on Harvin third to be the guy. The Steelers used their last draft pick on him for a reason, and that is to be the guy, to be the punter of the Pittsburgh Steelers, not just here in 2021, but for the foreseeable future. So those are all the draft picks that the Pittsburgh Steelers made this year. And really, there's nothing been nothing but positive uh, stories coming out for all nine of those guys. We really haven't heard too much out of the undrafted guys. I know uh, there were some high hopes on Shakur Brown and Lamont Wade, uh, amongst others. But really, nothing has uh, kind of jumped off the page with them. Maybe that can turn once we hit uh, preseason action and those guys get uh, a decent chunk of snaps for themselves. 
themselves, uh, as well as these rookies we talked about. Because really, once you strap the pads on and get into game time situ- situations, you're going to see uh, the guys that step up and the guys that fade into the background. So we will check back in with these rookies as uh, time goes on. But for right now, I think there's reason to be excited for the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, and this class uh, they've put together for themselves. So with all that being said, I want to thank you for tuning in to today's edition of the Live Mike. We are creeping towards the season. Next time you hear me, we will be prepping for an actual game. Man, oh man, that is some exciting stuff. Uh, and really, for as long as this offseason has been, I-, I think we can all agree that we cannot wait until it gets here. So before I let you go, make sure you're checking out the entire Behind the Steel Curtain family podcast. If you're listening to this show, that means you're listening on some sort of podcast platform, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, you name it, whatever your streaming service is, you can get the entire catalog of BTSC podcasts, including Jeff Hartman's Let's Ride, Dave Schofield's Stat Geek, my uh, live mic, and all the live shows that uh, proceed uh, live on Facebook and YouTube will, of course, also get uploaded here. So make sure you check out all those other shows and the afternoon shows, which should uh, start popping up on your feeds uh, in, within the coming weeks. The Steelers or behind the steel curtain.com has uh, added a bunch of shows, including the Steelers uh, half hour power hour uh, and Jeffrey Benedict uh, on the Steelers cutting room floor, which is a film breakdown show, which you're going to learn a ton about this team for. So click over to the other podcast because there's great stuff there for you to check out. On top of that, make sure you click over to BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. It should be your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers, from breaking news to commentary uh, to highlight packages to film rooms. Really, you name it, we got it on the website, so click over to BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Once again, my name is Michael Beck. I want to thank you for tuning in to today's edition of the Live Mic. We will catch you guys next week. Thanks for tuning in, and talk to you soon.